Welcome to the Jim and D podcast. This is podcast number 10. And that was a Gary Lewis and the Playboy singing a song called Count Me In. It wasn't them singing it. Well, <laughs> no, it was Jim Patton, Bongo and the Point, singing Count Me In. I actually went and uh, went and little did a little bit of perusing of YouTube, and there are um, other songs entitled Count Me In now. <laughs> uh, just goes to show how old we are. <laughs> we uh, uh, we do that song sometimes. I uh, I remember when the when that song was uh, first came out. In fact, uh, I was a, a big Jerry Lewis fan. So when I heard that Gary Lewis was going to be on uh, the Ed Sullivan show, I was kind of excited. I thought that was cool. Uh, I remember that uh, his father, Jerry, actually did make a cameo appearance after the song. The first song they did was a song uh, called This Diamond Ring. And it was a good song, but I couldn't relate to it that much because I was only, you know, like 15 years old or something. So I couldn't relate to being <laughs> engaged and buying a diamond ring. But when they came out with the second one, that was this one here, Count Me In. Uh, I could relate much more to that one and uh, uh, thought that was a cool song. So we do that occasionally live and... Um, it's just it's just it's just a fun song. He had he had uh, a great producer. He had a, a, an arranger. Some of you may have heard of by a guy named uh, Leon Russell, uh, yeah. who, who worked with him. Yeah, I think I might have heard of him. Yeah, and uh, he was he was like the arranger for the band, and um, you know, I mean, it was just a, a Gary Lewis and a bunch of his friends that got together and put together a group. I was I was a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, there's one guy in the group I didn't care for much because he played an electric accordion. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe it. They had an accordion player in the band. It sounded just like a little organ, but it just was the visual thing that killed me. So <laughs> Use an accordion, go to jail, right? <laughs> That's what Steve Allen used to say, yeah. So um, uh, they had... But they had... Uh, they had they had good production values, and they... Uh, he wasn't he wasn't a great... He wasn't a great singer. They almost always had him double track his voice so 
hopefully the second time through, his pitch would be off in different places than it was on the first time through. But there was a lot of people that did that. Um, uh, John Lennon used to like to double his voice. A lot of people did that. Well, he um, could imitate his dad pretty well. <laughs> that's true. He did. He did that on one of his album cuts called Time Stand Still. If you can find that one online, it'd be kind of funny. It's Time Stand Still. I don't know if it's on YouTube or not. Gary Lewis and the Playboys. Um, but it was just a time when... Uh, celebrities were getting involved and networks were getting involved. It was uh, shortly before uh, one of the networks, NBC, decided they were going to put on a, a show and they had um, tryouts for the show. They had apparently, now I don't know how much uh, how much of this is uh, true and how much is folk- folklore, but apparently they had tried to get the Dave Clark Five to do a TV show and uh, Dave Clark wouldn't do it uh, because he thought there would be overexposure and it wouldn't be good for the band. <laughs> Boy, was that a mistake. But um, uh, they had tryouts. They had bands. Uh, as, as I understand it, uh, some bands tried out for the for thing. I, I, I re- remember reading that the birds tried out. And uh, <laughs> everybody wanted to be the next Beatles and have their own TV show, uh, kind of like a Hard Day's Night or something. But anyway, in the end, they, they ended up getting... Um, uh, Mickey Dolenz, who I re- remember had been on a show called Circus Boy. He was he played kind of a Toby Tyler kind of character. Uh, there was a guy named Mike Nesmith who was from, I think he's from Austin, Texas, who was actually a, a singer-songwriter. Uh, Peter Tork, his real name was, uh, I recall, it was Peter Torkenshield. Um, he was a he was a friend of our friend Barry McGuire, but he was a kind of a studio musician. He played lots of different instruments. And then, and then a British guy by the name of Davy Jones who apparently didn't play anything but he stood around looked cute and sang kind of and uh, <clears throat> so when uh, when Davy Jones died a few years ago uh, I, I learned this next song that we're going to play for you and um, everybody seemed to like it so we continue to play that and uh, this is our rendition of the monkeys song Daydream Believer <laughs>
Well, that was Daydream Believer performed by Bongo and the Point. And, um, you know, <clears throat> Mickey Dolan's, uh was great. I loved him. He was probably my favorite. But um, Davy Jones did have that British accent, and that was pretty cool. You know, it's so weird. And wherever we go now, it, it doesn't matter. If we do that song... The ladies, the older ladies, it doesn't really matter how young or old they are. They all get fluttery <laughs> when we do monkey songs. It's just hilarious. Um, but it it is a crowd pleaser. And, uh, you know, it was funny because back in the day you weren't, a, you, you really weren't supposed to like them because they weren't a real band because everything was so, you know, seriously rock and roll. <laughs> and uh, and yet they were almost like a kid's show. They're you know they're, it's I think that's when it started uh, getting younger and younger, and you realize that um, these things were actually marketed to to pretty young girls. <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're still a favorite. Well, and I I, I think I read that they sold in 1968. They sold more records than the Beatles, but. I don't again. I don't know if that's a true story or not. Uh, no wonder the Beatles broke up. <laughs> <laughs> if we can't compete with the monkeys, I'm done. <laughs> well, we're gonna do um, a couple of originals um, now. the The next one is a, a song that I think uh, really is an, a classic example of uh, collaborating in. Uh, in songwriting. Uh, Jim is more music driven. I think we've talked about that, at, at least in some of our at home shows. I think we've talked about that. I'm more lyric driven. He needs a, a reason to write a song. And I just need um, an idea or kind of a, an inspiration lyrically to get me going. We're sort of at opposite ends of the spectrum. And usually when I, uh, when we come together to write a song, um, I come kind of armed with several, uh, several copies of lyrics, uh, various things that I have in case we can't come up with any ideas or in case he's willing to look at them. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but when we write, it's usually about, um, trying to do something in particular. Um, but this song uh, was kind of, on one hand, a really good example of how a song can change uh, from the idea to the finished product. Um, this song is not what I would call a worship song. Um, it's more a prayer. It's it's more kind of really straight on a prayer. And I tend to make everything bluesy. If I have an idea, it's always, uh, uh, not always, but it's very often kind of uh, my way of trying to be a different color. <laughs> <laughs> so I came and gave these um, lyrics to Jim and and I can't really remember. He might be able to remember. I can't remember if we sat here together and worked out. But I think I just left it with him and went to work. 
Um, and when I came home, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, and now for something completely different. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons I like it because it is, um, it's an example of what needs to happen in the writing process. And for me, and for Jim as well, we've talked about this um, many times uh, with each other. Um, one of the things that takes you from amateur to a little more professional is when you get less sensitive about exactly how everything turns out. Um, it's letting go of an idea and letting it become something else and not being hung up about it. Um, it's one of the things that makes it hard to work with young and immature songwriters is because they're so emotionally attached <laughs> to what they think the sound is, should be. Um, and, and it's hard to give them advice. It's hard to change anything without causing them emotional upset. And I got to admit, um, I've been there, done that. Um, but uh, as we've worked together and collaborated with each other and other people, um, we've kind of gotten a thicker skin and been willing to let things go. And I love this song because of that, because it is has a totally different feel than I originally imagined. But um, nevertheless, it's turned into a song that I like a lot. And it is called The Name I Call.
was the name I call and since Jim got to do both of the oldies today I guess <laughs> I get to do both of the originals and this one we're going to do live um, just Jim on the guitar and me uh, with a one vocal and that's how we usually sing it when when we do sing it um, it's very overt and uh, really about a subject that we thought about uh, and talked about a lot was the the second coming Jesus when we were young. And it's also a song that uh, am amazingly I wrote when I was pretty young. Um, uh, considering the subject matter, uh, now that we're older and we're uh, our generation is kind of starting to age out, and we uh, have our all all of our parents, are gone, all of our grandparents are gone, uh, our siblings, some of them are gone. And, uh, and so <clears throat> this song kind of has taken on an even uh, different meaning for me uh, at this season in my life than it did when I wrote it. Uh, it's called uh, Some Velvet Morning. All right, we're going to do this one now. Here it goes. It's a, it has a little bit of a waltz lilt to it. I guess you would say this is a, in 6-8 time. Some Velvet Morning. I guess that's it for this week uh, and this podcast and we will see you next week with another MOH podcast uh, I think Jim's still doing a series by Winky I don't know if he's finished with the series or is gonna 
uh, start something new? I think I'm starting something new, but I'll have to look at it again. Okay. Um, so that's it for us for today. It's been fun being uh, with you. Now, I, I got a real kick while I was uh, re-listening to some of these podcasts, thinking about what song to do live. I sped them up to two and a half <laughs> times. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. <laughs> You might try that sometime. <laughs> See you later. Okay. Okay.